Hi, I'm Seth Gummery, and this is Rebuilding the American Dream. In this podcast, we introduce you to thought leaders who are shaping the lives of the next generation to discuss the challenges and innovations influencing higher education and how we can adapt to give students a strong foundation for their futures. Today, I have the opportunity to talk to Dr. Les Geis, president of Louisiana Tech University. President Geis has a history with the university dating back to 1972, when he first arrived on campus as an architecture student. He received his bachelor's and master's degrees from Louisiana Tech and became an assistant professor. After receiving his PhD in civil engineering from Texas A&M University, he received a full professorship at Louisiana Tech in 1989. Since then, he has served as the department head and dean of the College of Engineering, vice president for research and development, and executive vice president. In 2013, he was appointed the 14th president of the university. Throughout his career, President Geis has contributed to and played a central role in creating the culture and vision for the future of Louisiana Tech. His focus on campus-wide engagement, building and growing relationships, and leadership is forging a path toward advancement of the university's academic and athletic programs, research and commercialization activities, and economic development efforts. His reputation for exemplary leadership and service is further evidenced by the many statewide and conference-wide organizations he has founded or chaired, and he's been honored with numerous awards, both locally and statewide. Thank you so much for being here today, Dr. Geis. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you, Seth. I'm looking forward to, to the chat. Your service to Louisiana Tech University as a scholar, researcher, administrator, and leader is, is truly remarkable. What inspired you to shift your career from a focus on architecture, teaching, to then leadership in, in higher education? It's an interesting story, uh, quite honestly. I started actually at Louisiana Tech as a student in architecture, and I enjoyed the professors that I had. They inspired me teaching art and teaching art history and things like that. But about halfway through my architecture program, I, I had an engineering class under an engineering professor that was very inspiring. I really enjoyed that aspect of it and started pursuing engineering as a career path and with a master's in civil engineering with that professor as my advisor. And as I was doing that, they invited me to uh, teach engineering class to architecture students. So I would have never expected to have done that, but I did and I enjoyed it. And after doing that a couple of years, a position came open in the department and they invited me to become an assistant professor and did that, enjoyed it, started expanding the courses that I taught and decided I needed to go get a PhD if I'm going to really be a professor. And it, it kind of went from there. I did not necessarily see myself as a leader, but I had an opportunity to become department head uh, after I got my PhD and department head of civil engineering. And then a few years later, became dean of the College of Engineering and Science and, and then vice president and, and now president. It's a really unlikely path. To some extent, I might have been inspired by my dad, who was a minister, and uh, I was always impressed with him and how he impacted people through his messages and through his uh, work that he did every day. On that pathway, you talked about starting in the classroom and being an assistant professor and coming through. Now, as, as you look back, what are some of the things that you take from, from your experience that make you an effective leader, but also just in general, the types of experiences people should be looking at as they're looking towards a future as, as a leader in higher education. There's a lot of great leaders out there, and I've learned from some really inspiring people 
throughout my career, both at Louisiana Tech and at other places. And I think it's a lot of capitalizing upon what your strengths are and really focusing on the success of those that you're working with, whether it's uh, faculty members or students or colleagues. I believe it's, it's really more about moving an institution or an organization forward through uh, engaging of other people and supporting their success. That's what I've always tried to do. I think that success in, in helping to support others has, has led University uh, Louisiana Tech to be ranked as like, number 11 in the nation in the list of most underrated colleges in America, number 17th in the nation in the list of low-cost colleges with high starting salaries for graduates, um, number 21 in the nation for providing graduates with the best return on investment. What, in your mind, is Louisiana Tech doing differently from other universities to set itself apart and to really help make sure that students are, are coming out a step ahead, right, and, and helping move from that so social and economic ladder? I got a phone call yesterday from a chancellor at another institution, and he, he mentioned to me how Louisiana Tech always seems to outpunch its way, and I do believe that. Part of it goes back to the fact that we've had a consistency in leadership. We've had three presidents over the past 60 years. Uh, the president before me was here 26 years, and the one before him was there 25 years. And so being able to put programs together and planned campus, the facilities all have been sustainable because of the consistency in leadership, not only at the president's level, but at some of the, some of the other levels. I would say the other thing is we really focus a lot on student success. Everything that we do is intentional towards student success, from the way we plan our residential facilities to our, our the rest of our campus planning to the programs that take place, not only in the classroom, but our, our student life kinds of programs, and really focusing a lot on the culture of the campus. From the first day of class, we began to introduce students to what we call the tenets of tech. And these are the 12 values, principles, and traditions instrumental in Louisiana Tech's founding and, and development. And just our talking about those values uh, over time with the students and getting them to talk about them and reflect on themselves, I think, plays a big part in our ranking. We've also been able to introduce some very special programs. We were, the previous president put one of the first biomedical engineering programs in place here. Uh, later on, uh, we put in programs in microsystems and nanosystems engineering and, and cyber engineering and some really advanced programs that have created some really special opportunities for our students and our graduates, as well as, as our community. So I think it's a combination of being caring, uh, which is one of our tenets, and actually supporting student success and being innovative on research and academic programs has been a real key for us. That sort of innovation around programs, it, it's not just necessarily program specific, but you've led the planning and development of the Louisiana Tech Enterprise Campus, which is a, it's a research park connecting the university and your students to technology-based businesses. How do you go about seeking out and creating those types of partnerships? Some of that began back in the about the year 2000 when we really began to introduce entrepreneurship and innovation and began to look at 
supporting new businesses that might be started by students or faculty and really supporting that kind of culture. And so that uh, ultimately led to us being able to plan an enterprise campus and to develop partnerships that would attract companies to locate here in our campus. Now, Ruston is a community of about 25,000 people, and we're here in rural North Louisiana. It's a rural community, so we're doing advanced technology and business and other uh, disciplines, bringing a lot of, of opportunities to people here, but we didn't really have all of the companies that could support us. So we started to talk to some companies about moving here. One was a, a company that was a defense technology company that was led by one of our alumni. And so they were very interested in our micro and nanotechnology work and the applications to the Department of Defense. And so they started doing research with some of our doctoral students and graduate students and found access to our facilities to be important to their success. And so they actually set up operations in the first multi-tenant building that we built called Tech Point. It's about a 40,000 square foot facility. And so we set that up for them. And then the next company that came along worked with uh, one of the top three telecommunications companies that's only about an hour away from us. And they did a lot of software development for that company. And what they found is that they could come by our campus and take advantage of our students that were in computer science and other related disciplines to do the software development that they needed to do rather than to take that work over to Dallas where their corporate headquarters were. So by providing them the space and the access to our students right here on campus, they really got a lot of success and were close to their clients. And they started using our students as apprentices to do work for other companies around the country. And so uh, the company has grown to about 200 employees here on our campus right across the road from engineering and science and business. It's just really this dynamic environment. And now that has grown so much that we're building Tech Point 2, which is another multi-tenant building that will start construction in about six months. So it's, it's been quite a successful operation. We also have an Air Force base about an hour away from here. Community over there sought our partnerships with them and so now we've looked, actually helped them establish what's called a National Cyber Research Park that has four major facilities in it, a cyber innovation center, a technology company has built a new building over there and has fully occupied that with about 800 employees, and another building that's being established called the Louisiana Tech Research Institute that will allow our faculty to do research in cyber defense and working for some of the other companies and industries that might come to North Louisiana because of the talent that we have and the facilities. Talk a little bit about, we talked about student success earlier, right? Like, talk a little bit about sort of how these partnerships impact the students and, and their success. How does that impact Obviously, the, the success of, of the university, but also you talked a little bit, right, about the one company that's now about 200 employees, right? How does, how does that interplay happen, right? And, and then when it gets back down to it, I think student success is such an important thing nowadays and, and retention and persistence. How, how does this really all, all sort of play together towards 
toward the success and the outcomes for students? You know, students come here just as I did, didn't know exactly what they wanted to do, but to be able to get some experience in that field early on is very helpful. So a student comes here in computer science or computer information systems or even another discipline, and they get to work on real problems with these, these companies while they're going to school. And they make a decision pretty quickly whether or not that's what they want to do. And, and some have decided it's not what they want to do. But more of them do decide that what they want to do. And yet, and they're able to be so much more competent when they graduate because they're gaining all of this experience, this firsthand experience and some real challenging problems. And they get motivated and excited because they're, they're doing those kinds of activities. And that helps them retain their focus and stay in school and actually graduate at an earlier time period than, than others. And then for the, for the companies, they see this as a way to uh, build their, their workforce. And wherever they're going to be located, that software company has offices in, in Dallas and Washington and New York. And so they are able to take our graduates then and place them in those other locations should they want to do that. Right. You mentioned you've got the Tech Point 2, which is opening, but how do you think about planning for the future? How, how do you think about creating these new buildings, but also how do you think about the types of companies that you're trying to attract or bring to, bring to the university? It, it is strategic. We're very interested in looking at the long-term economic vitality of North Louisiana. As I said, we want to attract companies that also want to set up operations here. And the company that I was talking about in Bossier City that had 800 employees in that building, now they're at 1,300. And they're looking at, at coming in and growing some more. So things like software and cyber, uh, because we got strength and identity in those areas, are, are sort of a natural fit for us. More recently, we've been working with the forest products industry uh, in Louisiana and uh, are beginning to build an innovation center for them. They're very excited about that opportunity. And so it'll be a natural fit. We, we're just now getting approval to put a new building, a research facility in place, and we'll engage our faculty and students across multiple disciplines to support the forest products industry going forward. Uh, and we'll look for other opportunities here to work with industries throughout the region and the state to uh, support them in whatever ways they need to be successful. I think this is something we talked about previously. What does that mean? Like, what is the place that for Louisiana Tech in the community? You mentioned right here, a community of about 25,000 and, and bringing in all of this business from the outside and these partnerships. Just talk about what, what does that do for the region and, and how do you see yourself as, as fitting in and, and that interplay between the, the local communities and the university well, and, and business? We have a wonderful relationship here with, with our city of Ruston and, and they're growing, they're um, building new sports complex and building uh, more hotels and restaurants as new businesses grow in here and as people stop through. It's just really becoming exciting. Louisiana Tech is a central part of this whole community. Also in our parish, we have Grambling State University at HBCU, and we do a lot of partnership. They've actually introduced uh, the first cybersecurity degree program in the state, so they're able to bring their faculty and students in. So it's a community of academia we work with, but also major banks and uh, major engineering companies that are in the area. We, we do a lot of partnering with them. They benefit from the, 
great students that we attract here. We just see our, our student body getting better and better because of these opportunities and experiences they gain on our campus. Speaking of, of attracting great students, you recently, in association with the Science and Technology Education Center and the Louisiana Gazing Awareness and Readiness for Undergraduate Programs, like the Europe program, you hosted an ACT preparation course for high school students in the area. How have programs like this made an impact on recruitment, but especially as we look at access and equity and helping to engage more underrepresented students, more first-generation students, and, and bring them into that academic community? And again, whether that's at Louisiana Tech or, or at other institutions in the area. We're real grateful for the work that our College of Education does with the Gear Up program. They've been doing that for years, and we're able to see the impacts. They work with our other colleges as well across science and engineering and business and bring these students to our campus and do many different programs with them that help them begin to see what college is about and to see that they can be successful in college. We recently had a group here from Bashbrook, which is my hometown, an hour or so away from here. And there are so many in that community that their families have never had a college experience. And so these students are able to come here, and, as I did. I'm the first generation of college graduate in my family, but I had a better setup than many of the other students that are over there right now. So I recognize the importance of get them getting comfortable with seeing that they can be successful in an environment like this and just getting them on campus, working with our faculty and staff, um, let them see for me that I've had some success uh, coming from that hometown and, and I know they can be successful as well. You know, those kind of communities are all across our region and we keep a continuous focus on what we do to elevate the opportunities for all of those. It's incredibly important and Louisiana Tech, as, as so many of our, our universities and colleges do, play such, a, such an important role in, in our local and in our individual states. Uh, and so important the work that you all are doing to help bring students in and to show them that they can be successful, as you said. I think it's, it's just such an important part of it. Show, show people that you have a, have a space here on campus. And at the same time, we are able to attract great students from out of state that come from large urban areas and highly successful high schools. And to be able to blend that and to uh, see that dynamic and people learning from each other and working with each other. That's why our student engagement activities are so important. Just getting these students together all the time in activities of learning and, and success is really enjoyable. So are there any programs that you can think of that you would want to talk about a little bit? I, I think that what you just said is, is so important. And it's one of, as we have gone through COVID, right? And, and we were also disconnected. I think part of, of the university experience is, is bringing students together. Are there any programs that you all are especially proud of that help to do that? One of the examples is an activity we organize every year called the Big Event. And we'll have hundreds of students come together, uh, collect out in our JOIA football stadium, talk about a little bit about their different student organizations, uh, but then leave that stadium and then go out around the community and do cleanup. All Saturday morning, they'll go out to residences that have senior adults and 
they don't have much of an opportunity to do cleanup in their yards. And so our students will go out and, and uh, actually do those things. And then we all come back together and uh, have a good lunch and celebrate that. And typically from there, we'll go watch a spring football game or baseball game on the other parts of campus. Um, and then student organizations that are participating in the evening. So it's that dynamic that is happening all the time here in our campus. Uh, years ago, Louisiana Tech was known more for a suitcase, being a suitcase college. And I, I would say now many, many more of our students stay here on weekends and uh, just involved in all of those organizations. It really developed their leadership skills, their social skills, and uh, helped them be successful in the end. I think it's, it's so important to talk about sort of this larger narrative, right, about the value of higher education now and, and, and what is it worth? And am I getting a return on, on my investment? And it's, it's very important. A lot of those partnerships you were talking about earlier are very important on, on the social and the economic mobility side of, of the university, but it's these other programs that are also so important in building who, who you are as a person and exposing you to these things that you might not have done previously. Absolutely. And they meet with students from communities that they never uh, would have met otherwise if they hadn't come to the university and being in such a diverse environment here. And friendships are built that last a lifetime. And the people learn how to, how to work with others that have different backgrounds. On the other side of things, when you were the dean of the College of Engineering and Science, you reorganized the departments a little bit and created a cross-disciplinary structure among academic programs. The system right, allowed things to be sort of flexible in the university. As we go, right, and as students are demanding sort of more flexibility in their studies, and right, we have our Gen Z is sort of the next generation is going to come up as one of the most sort of entrepreneurial generations. They're used to access to a lot of different things and going through whatever door they want to at any time. How can you, other universities create systems without creating barriers as well? Just talk a little bit about how you did that and sort of what happened. People like to be innovative. If you're in a university, you like to be innovative. But a lot of times structure keeps you from being innovative. You, you've got colleges, you've got departments, you've got research labs, and, and all of them almost are like isolated. So what we did uh, back in the time when I was the dean of the College of Engineering and Science, uh, we actually did away with a departmental structure. And we went to more of grouping of programs under, rather than a department head and academic director that was responsible for overseeing the faculty and staff in, in multiple departments. And then we started looking at how we could share laboratories. No longer did departments have to own those computer labs. Every, every department had its own computer labs and you couldn't go in that lab if you weren't in that department. You know, it's, it's almost uh, silly, but that's the way it was. And, and so we knew that we were lean and we needed to be more efficient in how we use those resources. And, and we could also support more collaboration by getting those people together. Then we started looking at the curriculum. And rather than having three different departments in engineering teach essentially the same course to different groups of students, we found that teaching a course like finite element methods could be applied for someone that could be in civil engineering or mechanical engineering or electrical engineering. And the experience was actually richer because you got all of the, those units together to get different 
perspectives on the applications of those, those tools. And so as a result of all of that, we wound up redoing our entire freshman curriculum. Typically an engineering program would bring people in and give them exposure to math, chemistry, and physics in their freshman year and not really do any engineering. And we had some really creative people that said, let's flip that over and let's begin to introduce them to engineering concepts as freshmen and actually begin to let them do programming on robots and, and actually building and assembling things and learning. If you came in civil engineering, you would learn a little bit about electrical and mechanical and other things. So you could begin to decide which of those programs actually better suited you or whether or not you really wanted to be an engineer. You could make that decision very early in your in your stay here. And so that has been highly successful. We've been doing that for about 20 years now. And we found that we had to actually build an entire new building to support that kind of learning. And so we, about three years ago, we opened a 130,000 square foot facility that is built with tables rather than desks. And students are sitting around tables and professors are walking around and, and talking to the students as they work on projects. You know, it's just a very dynamic environment that has begun to change um, academic programs, I believe, all across our campus, even in other other colleges. I think it's incredibly important work. And I think as we think about the future of work and the future of the work environment and how much is now online, but how much is now also if you go into a, a modern office building and it's an open workspace and the idea of, of cubicles and offices is also gone, right? You, you, as you were saying, it's, it's more tables and not just desks, right? You go into a lot of offices now and it's very much the same way. Where's my desk today? Where you want to sit today? If you even want to be here, right? You might be remote and how do we, how do we start incorporate that into the learning space? Because that's part of what we're doing as universities to prepare students for work. Absolutely. The, the work environment is so important and, and actually it helps us even recruit more faculty that want to come here, great faculty, because they see that kind of, of environment of collaboration with each other and, and uh, interaction with diverse populations of students. So we're looking at how we continue to expand those activities across other colleges. There's one program I might mention that is called VISTA, Visual Integration of Science Through Art, that is across three different colleges, uh, art, in the College of Liberal Arts and Biosciences in the College of Applied Natural Sciences and in Biomedical Engineering and in College of Engineering and Science. And these three faculty have come together to do art education related to medical illustration and visual integration of science principles. And so they do really innovative things and it helps students that maybe going to med school actually have something extra that they can make a case for when they are applying for the med school. At the same time, it gives some of the engineers some of the creative art skills that they need to be more successful throughout their professions. Just looking at things a different way. Yeah, I think it's a great example. And also it gives students an example of, of how to potentially be creative with what they're looking at, that the traditional tracks of, of what we might have gone down, we can combine those tracks, right? As, as you said, removing the barriers between different types of programs and, and opening your mind to being able to see, well, you know, if 
I'm going to be an English major. That's that's wonderful. But how how does that interact with the other potential fields that are out there? Yes, and we often have our students reaching out to us with their own ideas. They're coming in saying, "I want to. I'd like to take this course over in this area. Is it okay?" And, and again, we have to continue to be flexible with our curricula. I believe uh, within the accreditation guidelines, and we can do that. Uh, but letting these students choose the kinds of programs that they want and to, to explore. You know, our time to degree completion here is the lowest in, in our state. And part of that comes through our flexibility, but we attract really good students. And I think that gives them some time to explore some of these other areas as they, they come into the university. So we'd like to encourage that. How do you find is the best way to try to encourage that openness? I think both from an administrative and faculty side, but also on the student side. We do it uh, from from day one. And I believe it takes a, a consistent communication across our campus and the different colleges. Our faculty work together. And when they see our faculty working together, I think they real quickly pick up on the fact that it's okay to do that across, across the different colleges. And certainly you know, we in, in leadership positions emphasize that. Uh, we make it a point when students are coming here, looking at our campus and deciding whether this is the place they want to be, to realize that it is, it is a little different kind of environment than what they may find in some of the other areas. Thank you so much for, for all of your thoughts. I wanted to ask you, our podcast is called Rebuilding the American Dream. Uh, what does the American Dream mean to you? You know, as a, as a person coming from a, a small rural community and being able to do things that I never imagined is, and seeing that from so many other people that have come through this university just helped me understand that opportunity is out there and it should not uh, just depend upon where you live or, or who you are, but it should depend on your own motivation and drive and your ability to get access to the, the tools that you need to be successful and the resources you need to be successful. And so if we can just continue to, to nurture people and help support their growth, uh, I believe there's opportunity for everyone. We do have to try extra hard on for those that maybe are coming from some populations that don't have access early on in their life, and we have to help with the bridge. And that's where programs like Gear Up can be so important. We're, we're excited to see the many people that come here that have a great opportunity when they leave. Thinking about the young people, the emerging adults who do come to Louisiana Tech, but also just, you know, you meet a lot of people out there uh, when you are out talking at different events. What, what's the, the one piece of advice you find yourself giving to, to folks looking at their future? Students will often come here saying that they want to be an engineer or they want to be a civil engineer. And I say, well, that's good that you've been thinking about that. But, but stop and just explore a little bit. You know, you never know what what you really may like. You, you don't have the experience uh, to necessarily make that decision yet. So give yourself a little bit of an opportunity as you begin to come to the university to reach out, not just in the classroom, but in the social arena so that you can get a better perspective on what life opportunities there are out there. So explore. Thank you, President Geis. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for for sharing about your experiences and about Louisiana Tech. It's been a pleasure to speak with you today. Thanks so much, Seth. I really enjoyed it. 
You've been listening to me, Seth Gummery of Degree Insurance, and this is Rebuilding the American Dream. Find out more on our website, americandream.fm, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, at Degree Insurance. Until next time.